there is no tool and there are no tactics and there are no playbooks that are going to work well for you if your mindset is fundamentally selfish and if your mindset is fundamentally about taking and, and, and not giving. Conversely, when you help people and you help entire teams to reset that mindset, oh, everything else starts to fall into place really nicely. This is Brand Story, a podcast featuring in-depth conversations with leaders, marketers, and brand storytellers about their professional journey and the impact they're making on the world around them. Welcome to the Brand Story Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gelman, and my guest today is Steve Watt. Steve is an accomplished marketer, a sales leader, and a subject matter expert in social selling, and is currently the director of Market Insights at Seismic. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here, Steve. I appreciate the invitation. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, I think we'll have a blast. So I met you by following you on LinkedIn and enjoying your content. You have amazing content on LinkedIn, and it's thoughtful, it's educational, um, and you talk a lot about social selling and also about how to use LinkedIn. So I've heard you say that LinkedIn is a better tool for farming than it is for hunting. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I, I believe that we're in the very early days of, of really social selling, social reputation building, social business in so many ways on LinkedIn. And, and that there's a lot of baggage about what people were kind of taught to do. And, and, and in fairness, what kind of worked for a while in the past? Like people used to look at LinkedIn as like the world's largest Rolodex. Right. Just like everyone's there. <laughs> Time for me to go eat. Right. It's like it's, it's like the uh, the oasis in the desert and like all the all the animals are coming to, to get a drink and I'm the lion and I'm going to go in and I'm going to eat well. But, you know, nobody wants to be your next meal. Right. Nobody wants to be hunted. And that kind of, you know, connect and pitch pitch slap approach to LinkedIn just blast out connection requests, you know, immediately hit people up with with a, a request for a meeting. Uh, you know, this sort of thing maybe kind of sort of worked in the past. It does not work now. I mean, people are done with it. And, and, and the more senior they are, the more done they're with it, the more done they are with it because they've had it worst. I mean, I've talked to senior executives who get more than 100 outreaches like that a day. And, and, you know, they're just not responding to any of them. So that old, like, barge into people's world and try to hunt them mindset is not serving you well on LinkedIn. You need a whole different way of thinking about it. Yeah, that's, man, I love that point of view because I still get those. And it amazes me that people still do it. So I get pitch slapped every single day and I never respond anymore. You know, besides every once in a while, I'll respond and say, hey, consider doing this differently. I don't know why I even bother. But uh, yeah, I think that's a really important perspective. And you've talked a lot about why, why you know, LinkedIn, there's kind of an old LinkedIn and a new LinkedIn. And this new LinkedIn is about sharing freely, which salespeople are, and really people in general, I think it came from the old world of sales, you know, don't give anything away. That mindset really doesn't serve you well today, does it? Not at all. Yeah, I, I say that there's three main differences between what I call old LinkedIn and and today's new LinkedIn. And you know, first is that it's much more today about human voice, individual voice, as opposed to just the corporate voice. It used to be company pages and ads and job postings, and it was just the company. Now, th those that are getting the largest audience, the greatest engagement, and the greatest impact on LinkedIn are individuals. So the move from corporate voice to human is one. Um, the, the move from seeing it as a broadcast channel 
and instead seeing it as now a conversation channel, a two-way, a multi-way conversation channel. That's a second big change. And then the third thing, as you're saying, is, is that the nature of the content that is going to be more human, is going to spark conversations, and is going to serve you well, has got to be a lot less promotional than in the past. Now, if you show up with an honest intent to give it away, you know, to educate, to inspire, to help others, then you become a magnet for the right people at the right times. And, and that is going to serve you so much better than just the old school approach of just promotion. Like, hey, we won an award. Like, hey, this is what we do. Hey, like, look at look at me, look at us. It's, it's just when you flip it around and you become much more audience centric, much more buyer centric and much more client centric, you just rise head and shoulders above the crowd. Yeah, I think that's a trend that certainly on LinkedIn it's taken over and people are still slow to the uptake on that. People are like terrified to say anything personal when they're a business person. But whether you do B2B marketing or B2C marketing, people are people. If you're doing B2B marketing, the other the other person on the other end is a person with hopes and dreams and everything else. You know, they're not a business robot. You know, people sometimes say to me, should I talk about business or should I talk about personal stuff? I say, well, what I do is I talk about business topics, but in a personal way. I, I, I talk about things with a personal voice, with an opinion, you know, a perspective. Um, and, and, and I don't write in a way that sounds like a press release or sounds like a polished PR statement. You know, so I don't I don't see it as a, ooh, you know, people will sometimes say, oh, LinkedIn's becoming Facebook. You know, I don't want to see selfies. I don't want to see a picture of what you had for breakfast, you know, but it's that's a false dichotomy. It's it's not like, like robotically professional versus here's what I ate for breakfast. There's a massive area in between where you can talk about business topics in a human way. And and for me, it's, it serves me extremely well. Man, well, you do it in such a great way. I love your content and I really enjoy it. And Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I know you put a lot of work into it and it's very natural. And I think that that point of talking about business in a human way is really important. And I see people get bad, like negative feedback a little. They get way more positive when they talk about their lives. Sometimes, you know, you have, you have really talented business people and every once in a while they'll do a post about their life. How do you feel about that? I, I think it's kind of funny. Um, there, there's always someone, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't please everyone. Yeah. And if, if, you, if you're going to try to please everyone, you, you know, you're going to be so outrageously vanilla. No one's ever going to notice you. But it, it does seem there, there's <laughs> every week there's a post that blows up where someone shares something really vulnerable, really personal. Um, and like, 19 people say, Oh, Steve, thank you for sharing that. That's, you know, and one person says, this isn't Facebook, you know, like that, this is a business platform. And I hate that five guy. years ago, <laughs> yeah. nobody took that guy on. Now yeah. when that happens, that person gets jumped by everyone else who says, who are you that like, who made you the self-appointed gate gatekeeper of LinkedIn? Like stop, you know, you don't like it, scroll on by. So now like, I mean, I personally choose not, like I don't talk about my kids. I don't really talk about my struggles. That's not the way I roll. Like I said, I tend to talk about business topics in an authentic human voice that works for me. Other people, they want to be like super vulnerable. They want to put it out. I say more power to you. And if you don't want to see it, well, scroll on by. 
You can also block people. You can disconnect from like I, I wrote a post. I don't know if you saw it just just recently where the, the headline was weed your garden, like pick out the weeds. If you know your your feed is yours to maintain. Don't complain about people who use it differently than you. Just stop following them. If there's, if there's someone who, you know, talks about their dog every day and you don't want to hear it, well, just, just stop following them or scroll on by. You don't, you don't get to gatekeep how they choose to use LinkedIn. I think that's a great point. You know, uh, people have a ton of different personal brands. People have come from different backgrounds. There are people who it really works for them to be very personal. And then someone else does it slightly different. I love how you do your content. Other people, their content's super intellectual, but it still works for them. They're pretty far away from being personal. It's more about who you are, not about a right way to do it. Yeah, who you are. And the other half of the equation is, who's your audience? Who are you trying to reach? I mean, if your intended audience is, you know, creative professionals or, owners of ad agencies, you know, you're probably going to speak differently than if your intended audience is bankers, you know? So um, it's it's who you are is half of it. Who your intended audience is, is the other half. And, and both of those variables are going to be a little bit different for all of us. And that's a good thing because it would be really boring if we were all doing exactly the same thing. So, you know, I, I, I love it. And I, and I love the much more human and authentic ethos, I guess, that it has really begun, become much more common on LinkedIn. And that, that's why I started creating this idea of old LinkedIn versus new LinkedIn and talking about that a lot. And people say, well, when exactly did that happen? Like it's, 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 it wasn't a product release, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a day that now, oh, it's, it wasn't an update. Welcome to, yeah, yeah it wasn't you're like, oh, look, there's new, there's a new font. It's, it's new LinkedIn now. It's not that it's an evolution and it's, it's taking place very, it's very unevenly distributed. And, you know, different people, different companies, different industries are, are seeing it or not seeing it in different ways. Some people have been in what I would consider a new LinkedIn mindset for several years now. And some people absolutely are not there yet. But that's okay. I think there's a lot of opportunities for brands and a lot of opportunities for individuals. And I've seen you write about, you know, the different mindset of, of how companies, organizations, and their teams approach LinkedIn where there's like the official, like here's our official company message, and then empowering individuals to go out on LinkedIn and and represent the brand. So can you speak to that a little bit? Because I think what you write around that is so fascinating. Yeah, I, I see it sort of as a, you know, you could break it into either three or four different approaches, right? There's those that are just basically, I mean, let's call it four. There's those companies that are just ignoring it. Like they're just not, not doing anything, but they're in a, a, a pretty small minority. Then sort of the, the stage two ones are the ones who say, well, um, our, you know, our HR team will post job postings and our marketing team will run ads or, and, and they will run the organic company page too. And the rest, it doesn't concern the rest of you. You know, leave it to them, right? That's sort of the stage two. And that was pretty mainstream a decade ago. Um, I think this, the, the stage three, you start getting into employee advocacy. And that's when you hear people talking about, like, we could extend our reach. You know, like, 
you know, we, you know, the, it's a realization that your people collectively having a massive number of connections far more than your company has followers. And, and then that starts getting people thinking, well, if everyone would just reshare our blog, if everyone would share that we won a best places to work award. Everyone's a broadcast channel. Broadcast, right, exactly. If, you know, like we got a webinar next week. If everyone would share the registration page, wow, we'd, we'd crush our number, right? This is the, you know, it's, <laughs> It's it's better in a sense than ignoring it entirely or telling people not to do it, but it's very robotic. It's it's not very empowering. I, I like to say that it's treating your people like Wi-Fi extenders, right? It's it's like, okay, we've got our central advertising voice over here, and if we could light up these few hundred or a few thousand people as Wi-Fi extenders, wow, we'll get more eyes on our content. We'll get more people registering for our webinar. We'll get more you know, visits to our website. You're not empowering your people. You're not respecting your people. You're treating them as advertising robots. You're treating them as Wi-Fi extenders for your corporate voice. So that's third. And a lot of companies are stuck there. And, you know, we could talk all day about why that doesn't work very well. But the next step, you know, the kind of like the phase four is where you really start to empower and enable your people, not just to spread the corporate word, but to bring their own voice. And yeah, sure, go ahead and share some of our corporate content. That would be great. But also, what are you interested in? What are your customers and your prospects and your partners interested in? And how are you going to engage in conversations. And when you get to that fourth stage, that real empowerment and enablement, that's when you really start to unlock the power of LinkedIn. Man, that's so beautifully put. And I hope I hope a lot of people really take that to heart because I see a lot of companies stuck in stage two. And unfortunately, and then a few companies who are just, you know, tinkering with stage three or they're in stage three and they're comfortable and that's it. But when you empower people to have a voice, Business is about relationships. So the more you're, you're, you pe treat people who you work with res with respect and then they're out interacting and treating others with respect, you build so much more goodwill. Oh, it's incredibly powerful. What would it, I, I liken it to edge computing, right? If you, you look at the resource economy, you look at logistics and stuff like that, it used to be all processing power was at headquarters and out in the field, it was basically blunt instruments, right? And in recent years, edge computing has pushed the processing power to the edge of the organization, pushed it out into the field. And now you've got all these super smart instruments throughout the world and not just at headquarters. And it's, it's revolutionizing those industries. And I, I see this as sort of the marketing and the sales parallel of that. It's like pushing the brand and pushing the, the intelligence to the edge of the firm and, and not treating your 500 or your 5,000 people as blunt instruments out in the field, but, but empowering and enabling them to really shine. And just like edge computing, is is revolutionizing old industries. I think that this sort of idea of brand living at the edge, uh, living in your people, is is in the very early days of of revolutionizing the way we think about marketing, the way we think about sales, the way we think about culture, lots of other things. Yeah. Well, I'm fully on board with that. I mean, I think that's how brand works when it works best. All the touch points matter, and especially your people. So 
they're all going to have lives and personal brands. They're all going to be out there doing things. The more they feel passionate about what you do and want to share it and want to talk about it and build a relationship, the better off you are. Absolutely. And it's a terrible look when you're stuck in that phase three and you're like, hey, like we activated our people. Great. Yeah. And I'm connected to, you know, 12 people in your company. And I just saw all 12 of them share that exact same thing on the same day with the same boilerplate introductory comments that someone in marketing wrote. It's the least authentic thing imaginable. And it does not make me think well of your company compared to if I saw, <laughs> if I saw a number of your people showing up in their own ways. And I mean, even if they're promoting the same thing, like, you know, I'm not, a, sometimes people take what I say to an extreme and like, Steve says we should never talk about our company or Steve says we should never promote. No, no, I don't say that at all. I mean, my company, Seismic, we just had a huge customer event last week in San Diego. We had like a thousand of our customers and, and, and partners and some of our staff there. And we were promoting it on LinkedIn, but most of us were not promoting it in robotic ways. We were promoting it with our own voice. And, and we weren't just resharing something that marketing wrote. We were sharing our own photos. We were sharing our own little write-ups of, of what we thought was valuable. And even if we were sharing a piece of corporate content, like, you know, marketing did a day one wrap up and a day two wrap up. Great. But we shared it with our own voice and said, like, I loved, you know, you know what I loved most about day one was this and that. And oh, yeah, here's the blog if you want to see the rest of it. And, and just that little bit of a difference makes it so much more authentic. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's coming from the heart instead of your handcuffed to your desk, you know, like good for you. I mean, that's the way I, I think that's what works. You know, and I, I, I applaud that. So I think people get really uh, impatient with results on LinkedIn because it can be difficult to, to measure sometimes. And it can be a little bit slower than everyone would like. So can you talk about that a little bit? What, what, how do you level set those expectations when you're working with clients or giving talks on this? Yeah, you're so right about that. And <laughs> first thing is face that head on. And, and I have that conversation very often with customers and prospects. It's like, this is not a magic wand. This is not a flip. We're going to switch. We're going to flip, right? It's, it's like, we can't just, just like you can't make a post go viral. You can't make a employee advocacy program or a social selling program, make it suddenly work. It is a journey. It's not an event. So the very first thing we need to do is take a little bit of a step back and recognize that when you're building something important, it is going to take time and it's going to take consistent effort. Um, that is critical. But then the next thing is, okay, <laughs> but how long is this going to take and how do I measure it along the way? And I like, guess, okay, once we've had our table setting conversation about, about long-term, okay, now, so, and, and what I like to say is that there's kind of three stages of impact of this kind of thing that a firm's going to work for. F first, in the first months, you just got to focus on program metrics, like just getting your people doing this stuff, right? I think about basketball, right? You're a new basketball coach. You want to coach this team. You want them to win a championship. You want them to play this incredible two-way strategic game. But, you know, they don't know how to dribble the ball. They don't know how to shoot the ball. They don't know how to pass the ball. And you're going to come in and start talking about, you know, our strategy to win the championship. Like you got to step back and help them learn the fundamentals first. So in the first few months of working with a client, working with a team of sellers, 
I focus on program metrics. You know, like, are, are we improving our profiles? Are we sharing content? Are we increase, like, are we reaching out to people and growing our networks? Like, you can't take any of that stuff to the bank, but it's essential foundation. So program metrics in the, in the early months. Then you can start evolving into marketing metrics, right? Are we driving more people to the website? Are we seeing more consumption of our content? Are we getting more registrants to those webinars? And all those things are kind of bad mouthing. But again, this is the nuance of it. I'm not saying that those things don't matter. I'm saying that they're not the only thing that matter. So the market and earned media value is another thing. We work with some of our, our, especially our largest customers who are out there spending a lot of money on sponsored updates and other advertising on social networks. They know how expensive it is. I mean, 10 or $15 a click on sponsored updates on LinkedIn is not uncommon. Well, what if we could generate thousands and thousands of those clicks for free? You know, there's there's a real value there, right? So we 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 go from program metrics, kind of like getting in the game. We move into marketing metrics, where it's like, okay, now we start attaching some some dollars and some more tangible metrics to things. But the end game is revenue metrics, revenue outcomes, right? We want your sellers to sell more, sell bigger, sell faster. We want your customers to feel greater affinity to you such that they retain and expand. Uh, We wanna see more advocacy and referrals. Like these are the end game metrics. These are the real payoffs that we're working towards. But if we understand that those things don't happen, I think what happens is people want that. They want that in in month one (laughs) or month two. Yeah, they don't want to do all the stuff leading up to it. Exactly. And and it never, ever works. So if you look at it as a staged, uh, you know, a a growth, a, a journey, with with real stages to that journey uh, that that tends to be in my experience the best way of of maximizing your chance of actually getting to the promised land uh, because just trying to force it into existence in the opening months isn't going to happen yeah and you know it's it takes patience because it's long tail you know it's long tail marketing it's relationship building but it has a higher value because it also creates really great brand awareness and loyalty you know, as you move forward. Um, I had Callie Schweitzer, who's the head of the creators program at LinkedIn on the podcast. And she talks about how LinkedIn is the platform of generosity. And I love that because it almost feels counterintuitive. People want these revenue metrics. And then you tell them, well, the way you get there is by being generous. And, you know, it doesn't maybe compute because like we said earlier, it's not the old way of doing it. No, I, I, I like that perspective. I, I often say that you, you do best when you think about LinkedIn as a conversation. I think it's a similar mindset to what she's saying is, is that think about your offline life, your, your relationships and your conversations. Uh, you know, if, if you've got a neighbor always brags and always talks about himself. You know, you start to avoid that guy. You see him out in the, out in the front and you close the close the blinds. I'm not going to go I don't want to deal with that guy. Or if you've got someone who every time they phone you, it's just to talk about themselves or they always want something. You know, do you answer that call? After the first few times, you're you're uh, surprisingly never available to answer that call, right? And people know this. We don't we don't barge into conferences and just you know, pitch ourselves and hand out business cards to strangers. Like we understand all of these things. We understand how 
humans work and we understand how relationships work. We understand how reputation is built and how reputation is destroyed. We all understand this stuff. And then we get on LinkedIn and we forget all of it. All of it. It's gone. And we just, we just start, we just start pitch slapping. We start relentlessly promoting. We never support others. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. And so I completely agree that when you, when you really start to give it away, when you show up with an honest intent to, to, to share, to help, to educate, to inspire, to, to support others, you get it back in spades. And, and the fact that so, so few people are doing it well and doing it consistently means the bar is pretty low. It's pretty right? crazy. It's, you know, it's not that hard. It, yeah, it's, it's not. not. Hard. And everything you just said is, is everything I believe about business in general. I mean, if, if you show up and all you have is your agenda in mind and what you want to get, you're going to fail nine times out of 10. Like when you have other people's interests in mind and you're truly trying to help them, there's a ton of success that's going to come your way. And most people know that. So why why do they get it so right? That's I mean, that's the million dollar question. Why do they get it so right offline and they get it so wrong online? I think it I think it kind of comes down to that be that business thing where, you know, this old old mindset used to be when you went to business, you set when you went to into a business situation, you set your personal life aside. It didn't have anything to do with being and doing business. So we we get in these situations that are supposedly business and we forget to be human. And I, I just think it's amazing how quickly people forget it. And there are people, there are people who do get it right on a daily basis on other channels. And, and, and they have this blind spot when they get on social, they just go into advertising robot mode. And that's why I always, always, always start every conversation, every new deployment with a, a client, everything always start with mindsets. You know, people want to rush into, show me the tool, right? Show me what buttons to click, you know? And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's stop. We have to start up here. We have to start with the mindset because there is, there, there is no tool and there are no tactics and there are no playbooks that are going to work well for you if your mindset is fundamentally selfish and if your mindset is fundamentally about taking and, and, and not giving and, 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 Conversely, when you help people and you help entire teams to reset that mindset, oh, everything else starts to fall into place really nicely. Hallelujah, man. That is such a great perspective. One of the things that I think you do really well, and I've, and all the people I admire on LinkedIn, is that they like other people's posts and they comment and they share. And I don't, I, you know, there are so many people who just lurk and they're so afraid to just hit a like button. It costs you nothing. Like, why, what do you think's going on there? Yeah, I think there's a few things going on. Um, if you fully lurk, like you don't post, you don't, I think that's perfectly valid. And frankly, a lot of senior executives, they, they, they are full on lurkers. And I have to always remind salespeople because people will say, oh, my customers on, aren't on LinkedIn. It's like, how do you know? Right? There's a whole lot. I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, Steve, I love your posts. I've been watching you. I've been sharing your posts with my team or whatever. And I'm thinking, I have never, ever seen that person engage. And that is their prerogative. It comes back to the, you don't get to gatekeep. I don't get to gatekeep how to do it, right? There are a lot of people who just full on lurk and that's fine. And we should remember that that's why we can't 
always measure everything. We can't measure the impact of what we're doing all the way because I don't know who's lurking. So I think that's valid. Um, I think at the other end of the spectrum, you could be like you and me. We share content. We engage with other people. We, you know, that's also valid too. Where it gets bad is the people who try to sit in the middle. They post and ghost, right? They post content. They really want, they really want other people to engage with them, but they never pay back the favor. They never pay it forward. They don't support other people. They don't build reciprocity. They just sit back and grumble. How come nobody ever likes my posts? How come nobody ever comments on my posts? It's like, well, you know what? You're never there for me. Why, why would you expect me to be there for you? So those are the people who aggravate me. I fully respect the lurkers for whatever reason, and I fully respect the creators and the engagers. It's the people who kind of want to, you know, sit in the middle in a, and again, again, let's talk mindsets. Um, it's a selfish mindset, that one in the middle, right? I want you to support me, but I'm not going to support you. It's a selfish mindset. Yeah, I've, you know, I've had the exact same experience you have where someone uses LinkedIn to learn and they watch and they don't interact for whatever reason. Maybe they don't feel comfortable, maybe a million reasons. I never resent that because I've had people hire me because they saw content or they got curious, they want to talk. And I think that's a totally valid way to use LinkedIn. You know, when you're just using it as a place to learn and you're, you, maybe you don't feel comfortable adding to the conversation or it doesn't work for you for whatever business reason or the position you're in or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think that's that's fascinating. But yeah, when you, I find that there's a lot of great opportunity for relationship by engaging and talking with other people uh, around their posts. You know, it's sort of the, there's the in-person networking and then there's digital networking. And, you know, how do you combine those? Because I think there's, for a while during the pandemic, we couldn't do the in-person, so the digital sort of exploded. But talk to me a little bit about the combination and how you, how you do that. It's, it's the magical one plus one equals three equals five kind of thing. And I, I've been living it now that, uh, you know, in-person events are coming back. I am reaping what I've been sowing for recent years. It's amazing. Like, I'm walking through events and people are stopping me and saying, Steve, I'm so glad to meet you. They're shaking my hand. They're hugging me. They're saying, "I, you know, like we, you know, so in some cases, there are people who have been actively uh, engaging with me and I'm just as excited to meet them. Um, other times there are people who've been lurking and reading. I don't know who they are at all, but they're excited to meet me. And now, you know what we've done? We've just we've just leapfrogged several stages of getting to know someone. And and it's a wonderful thing. Um, I am, you know, I think it's a false dichotomy to say people are introverts or extroverts because I know that I'm weirdly in the middle. Um, you listen to me now and you'd say, oh, this guy's a total extrovert and, you know, and in the right situation I am. But in other situations, I'm shy and awkward. And if you picture a room full of people, like at a conference or something like that. If I don't know anybody and nobody knows me, I feel awkward about walking up to strangers, introducing myself, trying to start a conversation, not knowing if they want a conversation or not, and it gets into your own head. I'm awkward with that. So I absolutely love it when people start the conversation with me. When people say, Steve, great to meet you. It's like, yes, now I'm in my element. And now I'm, now I, I, I become 
not at all shy or awkward and I'm right into the conversation. I love it. It makes it really easy for me to thrive. And by being good on LinkedIn, that happens to me all the time. And, and some of my coworkers are like, they're watching and they're commenting. And it was like, how come every time I walk through this room with Steve, he gets stopped like five times and nobody's ever stopping me. It's like, well, what are you doing on LinkedIn, right? So to your question, how does the digital and the in-person work together? I think incredibly well. And, and I've just come from several live events recently where I've had dozens and dozens and dozens of really great conversations that started with someone saying, Steve, I love your LinkedIn posts. And, oh, I, 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 if ever I had any doubts, uh, I don't now. I'll never stop now. I mean, I'll say this to the audience. Like, if if you don't follow Steve on LinkedIn, go find him and follow him. His content is great. I mean, I, I have such a blast following you. You know, whether I'm commenting that day or I'm lurking or I see it in passing, I always enjoy it. Like you have such a good personal perspective on things and it's, it's positive and educational and, and there's just a ton of value in what you do. Well, I, I do try to practice what I preach. Yeah. Right? Well, you do a good job. I, I, I wouldn't have much, much credibility yeah, you know, right. standing here and <laughs> talking about, you got to give it away. Yeah. You got, you know, you like if I didn't post. do it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah, I, I truly, my mindset is sincere. I am truly trying to be educational, inspirational and helpful to others. But it does come back to me. It comes back to me personally, and it comes back to my company. That's it so drives cool. high intent inbound. It accelerates sales cycles. It gets me invited onto podcasts yeah. like yours and to conference speaking things that in turn help my career and help my company. So it's uh, it's not, I think this, <laughs> People seem to want things to be black and white, right? Yeah, right. Like, they do. Are you giving or are you taking? Are you, you know, is it altruistic or is it not? Well, it's both. Like, it is altruistic to a point, but it's also self-serving to a point, and that's okay. I don't think that's a conflict. If I can be interesting and valuable and relevant and educational to others, and I can benefit, and my company can benefit, how is that not a really good thing? That's such a win-win. That's a great, I mean, it's a great way to look at it. And that is really what happens. You're putting out a lot of positive energy, you're helping other people. They want to help you. They want to get to know you. I mean, that's kind of the essence of marketing, you know, and, and certainly the essence of sales. It's not just awareness. People think like, oh, it's awareness, you know? No, no, no. It's a, like, there's lots of companies and lots of people. I'm aware they exist, but I, it doesn't mean anything because I have no affinity for them. I have, I have no desire to buy from them or do business with them or work for them or refer my friends to them. It's not about awareness. It's not about, hey, I exist. It's, it's, it's about creating affinity, right? It's it's about earning your way into hearts and minds in positive ways. So what would you call this season of your life right now? Because you've got a lot going on. You're doing a lot of things. What, what would you name this season of your life? <laughs> wow. I, I've never thought about that because, um, well, it's, it's interesting. Um, if you look at, I mean, if you look at my age and, and uh, how many more years 
that I intend to work before I like sail off into the sunset somewhere, you'd say, oh, you're in the autumn, right? But if, but if I think about my excitement about what I'm doing and doing new things and learning new things every day, then I'm very much in the spring of my life. I, I, I'm learning so much every day and I'm doing new things every day and I'm like super pumped about it. Age, I think, is irrelevant, and you are in the spring, man. I mean, you you are probably one of the most engaged, you know, passionate people I've talked to in in a long time. And I don't know if you, you know, follow Gary V. I'm a big fan of Gary V. And he talks about that a lot. Is like you don't, you know, how much time you have or how much time you have behind you in your career is irrelevant. What are you doing today, and how engaged you are you? And I think you're so passionate about what you do, man. You're, I think, you're inspiring to everyone regardless of age or where they are in their career. It has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with mindset. Do you have a growth mindset? Are you are you hungry to learn? Are you hungry to grow? And and that you, the answer to that can be yes or no at any age and at any stage of your uh, your career. What's next for you? What, you got any cool projects coming up with Seismic or anything big going on that, that you want to talk about? So in terms of, of what I am excited about over the next few years, it's just more of the same because there's a lot, there's a lot of headroom, let's just say, for, for the growth of live social and for the changing mindsets of, of social. So yeah, I, I, have, I have no desire to go anywhere or do anything different right now. Just I want to do what I'm doing now and I want to keep doing it better. Yeah, you're so passionate about it. They finally found the perfect person to expand that because you're, I mean, you're absolutely perfectly suited for that. I think it's great when I meet people who are in positions that fits them so well. So good for you. I know I'm lucky. Yeah. Um, I know I'm lucky that my personal passions uh, and my job <laughs> actually align so beautifully. So I'm, I'm, I'm aware every day of how lucky I am. So two last questions, uh, one sentence to finish. If you weren't in sales and you weren't doing social media, what would you do? What would you be doing? I would probably be a writer. I, I, I think that writing, writing and speaking um, would probably, you know, write the book and then go on the book tour would, would be a highly, um, a highly satisfactory thing for me to do. And, uh, frankly, if I, if I was independently wealthy, I'd probably just be traveling the world and, uh, soaking up, soaking up new experiences in, in faraway lands. That's a great ambition. I love that. And so last question, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? Uh, start, Showing up and speaking up and being um, confident in my views and my perspectives sooner. I, I spent early times in my career, as many people do, trying to fit inside the box, you know, trying to do, you know, trying to fulfill roles as those above me wanted it to be fulfilled and and probably not pushing back in the right ways at the right times, which is hard. It was hard. And I, I forgive myself for that. And I forgive others for that too, because it's hard to do that kind of to tie it back to what we're talking about now. It's, it's hard to push back on the box that an employer puts you in. If you have no outside reputation, you have no outside network, you haven't road tested your different perspectives and beliefs in front of a 
an audience and, and, and people who will push back on you. And you're just kind of like, you got nothing to back you up. You're just saying to your boss, no, nah, I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think we should do it like this instead. You don't have much credibility. Um, now it's it, the time has never been better than it is now. You could be you could be a young seller, a young marketer, a young engineer, a young anything. You can you can get out there on LinkedIn and on other platforms, and you can accelerate your learning. You can build your own reputation. You can build your network. You can float lots of trial balloons and do lots of things and see what works and what doesn't work. And that gives you both the confidence and the credibility to to be more assertive in your own role and in your own your own world. So um, I, I kind of wish that I had, all the things I'm doing now, I kind of wish I did earlier, but then to some extent, it was a lot harder to do then. You didn't, you didn't have a, I mean, LinkedIn's been around for 19 years, but really it's only been maybe the last five or six that people have used it like what we're talking about today. Uh, long answer to a short question. I, I, I would, I would start standing up and speaking up for a, you know, a, a strong point of view um, sooner and and uh, and and perhaps more effectively. Great answer. I mean, I think that's so encouraging to so many people listening. And I can't thank you enough for your time today. Thank you, Steve. I've, I've really enjoyed this. And, Good, man. Uh, I, I hope that your your listeners and your and your viewers enjoy it as well. Want to hear more inspiring stories? Subscribe on your preferred podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what we're doing, please rate, review, and share. It's the best way to support us. Thank you for listening to Brand Story.